Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and The platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So... It really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, too, and the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we're so excited to be here today with you with another special guest, which we will get to in a couple minutes. Um, But we're so excited about our topic today, too, because I think we've gotten a lot of requests for it. And um, I know on my end, being a licensed therapist, I have some experience with something called EMDR, um, but not too much. So I'm excited to learn. And I know Taylor is uh, actually, you're you're pretty new to even hearing about it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, so, hey, maybe for this episode, call me Tay. Tay. 
Yeah. Okay, Tay. Well, wait. So tell them why. <laughs> so because okay, we're both yeah. named Taylor. <laughs> so and we'll, our middle names are very close. So we're just yeah, gonna. So we will we will get to the other Taylor, which is our guest soon. But they're both named Taylor, so that's good. I'll say you. I was saying Taylor M, but I'll either say Taylor Tay or Taylor M. Okay. Okay. Um. <clears throat> but anyway, let's let's catch up for a sec. How's everything going? I'm pretty annoyed right now that you're at a beach house and I'm in a torrential downpour. So that's fun. You know, <laughs> weather is so fun, isn't it? Well, please, we had rain all last weekend and it was 40 degrees. I had my winter coat on last Memorial, Memorial Day weekend last weekend in Philly. Oh, I was like, what's happening? I know. Um, uh, did yeah, you go so, on another date? I did. Okay. I went on my date yesterday and... It was really fun. We only hung out for like a couple hours because I was coming down here. But we watched um, the Sixers is basketball in Philly and they're in the playoffs. And so that was fun. And the Phillies won. And so he's a big sports guy. I'm still like in the I'm still sort of trying to decide if I like him. So I like that, though, because, yeah, it's more fun. I I don't really know. But I was getting I I said last week how I was getting a little bit like in my head about like the anxiety about texting and stuff like that. But I'm good. I'm not overanalyzing it. I'm really trying. I have other things to focus on too with like my dad and stuff and just to make sure he's, that's like a priority. So my dad's doing better, you guys. Um, He's still in the rehab and we're just trying to get some answers from the doctors in the rehab and the nurses because we feel like we aren't getting any answers from his progress in his PT and stuff. Like, no That's one is weird. calling us back. It's been really frustrating. That's sketchy. So a lot of my anxiety the past couple of weeks has been like just the lack of communication with these nurses and not and just the uncertainty of how my dad's doing. Like every day is just a waiting game. Ugh. And with anxiety, everyone knows that when thing when you feel like you're just literally waiting, it's the worst feeling. Right. So um <clears throat> So that's been that's been really tough. But um, well, other than the rain, how have you been? Good. Yeah, I guess so. You know those times where you're just like, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know right now. <laughs> you were saying that the other week too, how you felt like you were blah, or is that? What I you think were like with okay. So my private practice, it's like the same. You know, like every week, but yeah. with like content creation, I don't know about you, but I get such like a. Uh, a brain fart maybe is the best way to put oh my it gosh. i'm just like i get so in my head about content creation that i create nothing because i overthink it so much and i'm just yes. like like i have it's, like great ideas and i just like can't do them it's like a writer's block i call it yes. even though you know we're not like writer or whatever but it's like yes i've been getting that too oh and i get so frustrated and then i end up like thinking about one project all day long and then i get nothing done and then I'm like, what did I do today? Yeah. I want to be, I so want to be that person that creates a whole bunch of content in like five hours for like the next month. But like, <laughs> oh, I, I am not YouTube, that person. Yeah. No, I watched a YouTube video and it was like, I love bulk, um, bulk <laughs> content creation. I was like, I can't even get one post today. Like bulk. <laughs> I'm like, let me just sit down and create for the next two months. No. Yeah, okay. I, I wish I could do that. do that. I know. I know. I, so it's impossible. But All I right, feel you, girl. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that we got caught up, but let's get to our guest because I know that's really what people want to hear about. Yeah. So um, I'm so excited to introduce our other Taylor. Her name is Taylor Klump, and um, she is a licensed professional counselor, and she specializes in EMDR, which stands for, ready, guys? Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Reprocessing therapy. Taylor now works virtually offering mental health wellness consulting across the U.S. and internationally as well. So we're so excited to have you, Taylor. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I and we were talking a little bit before this and I was saying how I reached out to you on Instagram because I was looking for some EMDR specialists and experts and there really weren't that many that I could find on Instagram. And I saw your page and I thought, oh my gosh, she's amazing. Like she has a good following, but she also has so much great content and on how to help with that and all that stuff. Um, So her Instagram handle is taylorclump underscore if you guys want to go. But can you, can we start by just, can you explain a little bit of what EMDR is? And that's a whole mouthful to say. So I'm glad it's uh, a shortened, abbreviated. abbreviated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can you tell us a little bit about what it is? Yes, absolutely. So there's a very shortened version that actually one of my clients um, had said the other day or a long time ago, and I loved it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that now as my EMDR elevator speech. Cause it's kind of a joke among clinicians. We're like, okay, how do we how do we water this down? How do we like, you have 60 seconds to tell somebody or 30 seconds, how are you going to do it? And it's like, cause there's so much to it. And it's always a challenge for me. Cause I want to give like all the information. Um, but so, okay. So basically the, the shortened down version is that our brain works like a filing system. I actually have a post, a video on my page and I was on a podcast last week and someone's like, that's actually my favorite post that you ever made. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's of me like crumpling up a piece of paper. And like, it's, it's so funny not high tech at all. But anyway, so our brain is like a filing system. And so every night when we sleep or what we believe happens when we sleep, your brain during REM sleep is trying to file away. Okay. You know, and that goes back to, you know, long-term storage. What did we eat for lunch today? You know, things like that. It's just happily processing away. But when something larger happens that causes us pain or shame, this can be our big T's, car accidents, um, sexual trauma, things like that, or even our, our little T's, our smaller traumas, um, things that maybe we felt embarrassed, anything that causes us pain or shame, it's too large for our body to digest and basically it gets stuck. And so your brain every night when you sleep is trying to digest that information, but it can't. So with EMDR specifically, the key component here is the bilateral stimulation, bilateral stimulation is side to side and it mimics what happens in REM sleep, right? Rapid eye movement. So your eyes are going back and forth so that where that memory consolidation and dreaming takes place, that's where it's filing away. But because you're conscious and you're awake, you're able to actually, oh, okay, yes, no, that makes sense. It moves it from head to heart because while that you could have the same exact conclusion, right? Doing traditional talk therapy. I know this wasn't my fault. It's over. I'm safe now. Things like that. But when you're doing all of a sudden, you're like, we get that click, we get that shift and you're like, okay, no, I know that was not my fault. Or you start pulling from different 
avenues. So because during REM sleep, you know how your dreams can get pretty crazy. Like all of a sudden you're like maybe shopping and it's like purple cow and you know, like random stuff and you're like, what? But it doesn't make sense. Your brain is able to pull from deeper connections. That's not being filtered through your conscious mind, like when you're awake. So that's why it can get so wonky. So when you're awake and doing EMDR, you're able, functionally, your brain is in a state of REM and you're conscious. So your brain is oh like, my gosh, yeah, I sorry, already I am just like, <laughs> I have so much to say already. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, one, I got the aura ring. I don't know if you've heard of it. My, I cannot get my REM sleep to optimal mm. REM sleep. I get 25 minutes of REM sleep a night. It's wow. horrible. You're supposed to get like an, I think for my age about, I think the older you get, REM sleep goes down. But I think for my age, it was like two hours, one and a half hour. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, I don't look at blue lights before bed. I don't, I don't drink caffeine at night. So it's just like, that's crazy to me. So my first question to you is, if you don't get REM sleep, can you have those processes? And would you need EMDR to have those processes? Um, okay, wait. So the first part of your question is, would you be able, like, you mean, like, would you be able to do well with EMDR if you don't? No, like would, okay. I'm trying to think of how to word this. So you said like a filing cabinet, you, mm-hmm. when you're in that REM sleep, you're kind of putting everything away. Mm-hmm. So if you're not hitting REM sleep, you're not doing that, right? Well, I mean, I'm not a sleep expert, but I would, my, I would find it, my hypothesis would be that, okay, if you're not adequately in REM sleep, your body's not able to do that as optimally. Huh. Because I mean, think about it, sleep, if we don't have sleep, your memory, your concentration, right? Like things kind of. Right. Go down the drain. But it's also really interesting because we see that a lot. So with veterans. And so again, let me go ahead and say, this is what we believe happens in REM sleep. So it's pretty commonly accepted, um, but I'm going to throw that out there that this is not like hard and fast, but it's kind of widely understood and accepted now. But for veterans, what happens a lot or people who have severe trauma or they experience flashbacks, night terrors, a lot of times that happens once they hit REM sleep, which is why a lot of times they don't go to sleep because even like they have difficulty falling asleep. Because I mean, if you know nine times out of 10 or how many times it's a toss up of if I go to bed, if I'm going to be wake, like if I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night startled, it's not, you're not going to be very peaceful going into REM sleep. But then also you wake up in those jolts. Why? Because your brain is trying to still file that away and it can't. Wow. So this is like, I, I love this so much. So <laughs> I'm like talking about processing. I'm like, I'm processing everything. Um, so, okay. This is from a therapeutic standpoint as a therapist, I have um, heard so much about the connection with EMDR and the treatment of EMDR with trauma, mm-hmm. that it's incredible for he- helping heal trauma. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the process works? So if someone came in and had, and, and can you give like a case example of, I guess, a trauma or something that would happen and someone would come in and how would you kind of start? I know it's probably case by case basis because I get it. Everyone's experiences are different, but do you think that you could give us like an example or? Yeah. My brain right now is like, who perfect. And it's like, going ding, 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 and it's like throwing up 20 million examples because I use it with everyone. So I use it for, yes, it's, it's coined for trauma, but I use it for performance enhancement. 
um, you know, like speaking anxiety or public speaking, um, like having anxiety around that normal, just people come in because you don't have to like know what your trauma is when you come in. It doesn't matter. I like, I will, we'll get there, but you come in, right. Cause how many times do people come into your office and they're like, okay, so, um, you know, I'm presenting with this complaint, but I know it roots back to X, Y, or Z, right? Like rarely is it about what it's right. about yeah. what people come in with. So true. So people come in with just symptoms of anxiety, depression. I just feel blah. Um, I feel shut down. I feel, you know, whatever it is, any life stress or anything that would bring you to someone to be like, well, you know, what's kind of what's going on in your life. If there's any thing that you're like, mm, I just feel stuck or I can't get over this hurdle. Like, what would it be? Um, but okay. So do, 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 do examples of, hmm. So do, 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 do. Or maybe like what would even be the first step to start the process or something, you know what I mean? And because I think when, when people listening, I'm just imagining that they're understanding the science behind it, like what you ex- how you explained it was so great. But mm-hmm. also, I want them to visualize what it might look like, you know, the eye movement and stuff like that. You okay, know cool, I mean? cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start earlier. So basically, you know, you come in, we it's an eight phase protocol, we're gonna come in, you know, you're gonna start talking, you're gonna do, you know, basically talk about what you're presenting complaint. Okay, what what brings you in, we're gonna do family history, you know, we're gonna go through all of that. And a very, very, very important part that all clinicians will do is assess you for disassociation. That is one of the earliest things you should do. And I'm putting that out there for all therapists because this is my like hard and fast. I'm a huge stickler for this because that is the one area where if you don't know, right? So disassociation. So if you have any loss of time. So there's dissociation. We have our depersonalization, derealization. And then there's also, you know, the components. Okay. Is there any part of, you know, your life where you don't remember large hunks of time, family vacations? Have you ever shown up somewhere and been like, I have no idea how I got here? Um, You know, things like that, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's not indicative of anything. However, that's just, that's a, a flag that we would want to say, okay, hold up. Is there anything particularly that you've blocked out or that you don't know about? Because if we start doing this, the eye movements, the bilateral stimulation, there's a chance it could take you to what it is you don't know that you know. I, I've working at the hospital, what? the amount of patients yes. that I've seen. Uh, yes, I even had one patient that specifically went in and another patient had told them this is was at a different treatment center. It's like, hey because they really wanted to do EMDR and like, listen, make sure you score, like you report low whenever they do this or else they won't do EMDR with you. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's not true, but they reported low. And then what happened? They had a whole bunch of suppressed childhood trauma that they didn't know about. And then they were brought to, you know, not good. So it's like, okay, we always assess for disassociation because we want to know, okay, is there any chance that there's something going on that, you know, we don't, you don't know about because we don't want to just send you flying into this black hole that you don't want to look at. So then we're going to assess for dissociation. 
That's, can I, really quick? Yes. Um, so we actually just did, uh, last week our episode was about depersonalization, derealization, disassociation. So go back and listen to that, you guys, if you're so curious about that. That was last week's episode. Um, but I, I love that you mentioned that because I have had clients that previously had EMDR, um, but the therapist didn't assess it, I guess, appropriately Ooh. and the way that they should have. And it wasn't really. Okay, wait, greatest. whoa, two therapists, calm down here. Um, <laughs> outsider, outsider looking in. Um, okay. Wh- okay. I, ha- when I think of my childhood, my brother remembers things more than I do. So how would someone, cause someone with anxiety is going to overthink this, right? They're going to be like, I don't remember going to the grocery store or like, you know, like something and they're going to be So like, how do you disassociate those two? Yes. So also disassociation. So that can be, you know, natural part of our body survival response, right? Fight, flight, freeze. Whenever we're in stressful situations, your body starts secreting all these stress hormones, right? So if your body, if you're stressed, this could even, I mean, even in childhood, it doesn't mean you have severe trauma, but like if you were stressed, right? If you had a parent who was, you know, struggled, with addiction or like if you felt like you had to be a people pleaser or something else and your brain was just overstressed, yeah, your memory function's gonna like dip because your body is working so hard to keep you, you know, functioning in other areas. So yeah, like if you have, uh, that happened with me a lot actually before I started my own therapy, I knew, like I knew previously I felt like I had known what my specific more instances of my childhood but then as I got older I was like wow I can't recall but then as I was doing my own EMDR therapy it's not like specific instances were coming up in the moment of EMDR but after session and stuff just like random stuff was coming up I'm like oh yeah I remember that time when I was little and I actually like remembered my first memory but like previously I was like I couldn't remember my first memory yeah wow so So if you have If you do it disassociate, you shouldn't do AMDR? No, no, no. If you, so, okay, so I, we didn't mention this previously, but so this is funny that you guys talked about the dissociation. So while I worked in the private practice, I specialized in EMDR as I was getting my licensure hours. I also worked at a hospital where I just kind of went in, um, it was my supervisor's supervisor when she was younger or, you know, an intern. And I worked for Dr. Colin Ross. So he specializes in dissociation, dissociative identity disorders, like what used to be multiple personality disorders. So that's what I worked with largely. So I also worked with that a lot. Many of my clients, patients that I worked with at the hospital, yeah, they've done EMDR for sure. But if you, if you, so if you have DID or if you have another dissociative disorder, you should work with a therapist who specializes in disassociation. So that way they know, cause I'm like, yeah, for sure. I would feel comfortable. Um, I don't do that, you know, working as a consultant, I just do mental wellness, but, um, previously working as a therapist. Yeah, that's fine. I, you know, I know how to keep people in the window of tolerance. I know how to, you know, ask questions, but if somebody, you know, has other alters, we don't want that picking all of that up and you not knowing about it and it's just sending you back into suppressed trauma. But yeah, if you dissociate, you know, the therapist, we are trained. I mean, okay. Depending on what training the clinician went to, they went to like Francine Shapiro's training and like a good quality training. 
I mean, that's one of the very first things that we take the, we have all of our clients administer the DES. So the dissociative experience scale. And so we want to know, okay, where, where do you fall on this? Because everyone has a certain degree of dissociation, right? Like when you're driving in the car and all of a sudden you check out and you're like, Ooh, almost missed my exit or, you know, some, that's normal dissociation. We all do that from time to time on the far end of the spectrum of like, I came to without the use of drugs or alcohol, I came to hundreds of miles away from my home or something, have no idea how I got here. I don't know what I'm wearing, things like that. We would want to know about that. But the dissociation we're trained because also if you're shut down and if a therapist is, is a qualified trauma therapist, they will be able to see, okay, they should be able to see, okay, you're shut down, right? The, because a lot of people, they won't be like, oh, I'm dissociated. (laughs) So because what happens is we say, okay, what do you get now? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, and, and so then the EMDR protocol would be, okay, go with that. And, but the thing is, is, so when you say nothing, I'm like, okay, tell me more about that. Or like, I feel neutral. I'm like, do you feel numb? Yeah. Cause I'm like, can you feel anything in your body? <laughs> nope. I'm like, okay, that is not the same as fine. That's when we're numb. I don't feel anything, but that's what we go to call fine, right? That's how we function in society in our daily. Ba- I'm fine. I'm this, but it's like, what's going on for you internally? No clue, or like everything's shut down. So right. it's important. So there's to know. a scale. So that's good. There's a certain like assessment that you give everyone as yes. far as disassociation goes. Okay. Yes. So because so essentially like dissociation. I'm not sure if you guys talked about that on your your last episode, but so we all have like the window of tolerance, right? And so the goal with EMDR is to keep everybody in their window of tolerance. So what that means, if we go into a state of hyper arousal, that is where like, that's our fight, our flight, right? That's where we're, we're like anger, like we're angry. Um, it's, it's do, 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 your heart's racing. And if we go below, we're in a state of hypo arousal. That's a numb, shut down, freeze. Previously, was that John Gottman that he talked about in his book when, or other marriage family therapists, they put heart rate monitors on their, their, the couple. And whenever the couple's heart rate would go above a certain point, they would stop the conversation and wait for it to go back down. Why? Because what happens physically to us, whenever we are in a state of hyper arousal, our prefrontal cortex shuts down, which means our executive functioning, our logical thinking, we can't access that. Same thing if we're in hypo arousal, right? So if couples all of a sudden they're fighting and you have one that shuts down, okay, did you resolve the argument or did that person just shut down and because they were pushed outside of their window of tolerance? And so you're not getting anywhere in that discussion either. So we always want to maintain that optimal window of functioning. So as you're describing, you know, that's, that's what the therapist wants to keep, keep you in is that window of tolerance, because that's where you can make those connections. Because if we're too high up here or if we're too low down here, it's it's not going to go anywhere. That is so fascinating yes. to me. And it makes, I mean, that I like that description of hypoarousal and hyperarousal <clears throat> and how it, can, how it affects us so much. But we don't even, like, not, even I'm thinking myself, it's like in that moment, like you're not aware of that yeah. when it's happening. It's yeah. just right. Um, but scientifically, it makes sense because yes. you know, like that saying, like I was so mad I couldn't see straight or I couldn't think straight. It's like no, <laughs> literally, we know that happens. Like that's a thing that happens, and so that's why it's so important that we have that self awareness 
even if we, because if we can have that self-awareness first before we even can, can control our physiology, but if we can just say like, ding, just have that moment, right? So we can create that brief moment of space, that pause yeah. for us to notice what we're feeling, respond differently, just take yeah. a moment to pause. Maybe we need to leave the situation. Oh, there that is. What's going on right now? Okay. Let me take a moment and try to re-regulate myself. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to y'all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log on to your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 50. 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. So would, so then I guess if someone, if you're thinking about, you know, EMDR and starting that for a a client or someone, it depends, like it really depends on their disassociation scale on when you would start the actual eye movement or the actual process or yeah sorry so I got off track because no 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 we were asking no 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 it was (laughs) us you're like we're I was on like the phase like one or two yeah you were on like like, two and I was like yeah (laughs) eventually I'll tell you about the process but I just get so excited along the way okay we love it so okay so your question is okay so would you just wait longer Mm. um No. So if, so what I've actually seen even within my clients, so you don't have to not be, but again, this is because I'm someone who's worked, I specialize in dissociation for many, many years. I would not, if it was a new client who I did not know, um, I mean, I would probably hold off for a little bit, but once I kind of know, I have a, a good understanding of my clients and just kind of the process in general. I know what to look for and things like that. So I feel very, very comfortable doing this. Maybe most therapists would be like, no, we should wait. Um, but for me, no, that's cool because I can watch. I'm like, I got my spidey senses tingling, like even on zoom. Cause I do this all virtually now. 
Um, I do, so I do continuous bilateral stimulation. I do a little bit different of a protocol. I kind of combine different things, but I still use bilateral stimulation. But I'm listening to what your feet are doing. I'm paying attention to what your physiology is doing, right? Are you, does it look like you're short of breath? What happens? Are we numb? Then also my clients, they get really accustomed to being like, nope, it locked me out. Like they get, they will start because I share, we share this terminology. So they begin to actually be able to reflect upon their own internal experiences. It's really great even seeing men do that. Like I've worked with veterans and when they're like, nope, it shut me down. It locked me out. My brain's not letting me go there. It allows them again, to create that space as opposed to being like, I just can't do it or something like that. So no, I just, cause I have tools and tactics that I know how to keep people in the window of tolerance. So if I need to approach the memory from a different angle, if I need to use a, a cognitive interweave to have you, okay, see yourself as your adult perspective going in, like there's things I can do to get you back into it. So just cause you go outside of your window of tolerance for a second, or even if you're, no, it's, it's okay. Like I'm not uncomfortable with that by any means. So the window of tolerance, that's, that's the most important as a clinician to make sure you know kind of that window mm-hmm. for your client. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that's what, what separates like the experts because when you hear M- EMDR, and I, I think with anyone listening who's actually really interested in maybe trying it, you definitely want to go to an EMDR expert, right? Like someone who is trained who know because I mean that's what it sounds like Mm -hmm. well and so even this is what's so interesting about this so I knew when I started getting my EMDR training this was before I was even practicing I just finished school and I was waiting to move to Texas to start my internship uh, my licensure hours so I knew I was obsessed with EMDR the kind of person I am I like knowing the how it's not enough for me to just go to a training and like know how to be sufficient enough in doing the protocol I want to know the ins and outs. Like I love understanding things and learning more. And so I knew in my mind, like, well, I want to be an expert in this. And also like, I kind of had this, you know, chip on my shoulder kind of thing of like, if people are coming to me, I want to know what the hell I'm doing. Like they deserve to have somebody who is competent. Even if my experience isn't as great, um, I want to know what I'm doing. And so I would say, because so obviously I didn't start off as an expert, but what happened was, is I worked in a practice where I had great supervision. My supervisor, while she was not an EMDR trainer or an EMDR supervisor, she was, she, so whenever we would meet for our weekly supervisions, she, she understood it. And she also encouraged me, you know, she would ask how I was, how I was working with my trainer, you know, so she was on top of that. She felt proficient or she felt comfortable with my ability. So even if it's somebody new, if they have good, good supervisors, that can be the world of, you know, make a world of a difference. So honestly, it, which is so hard finding a therapist, I get it, right? Because, you know, great things like psychology today exist where you can, you know, read their bio, see kind of who you feel it out for, and then you can call, have a conversation with them. But a lot of people, I think, get discouraged whenever they're meeting with therapists because like, gosh, I met with one and it just didn't click. And it's like, yeah, because unfortunately, like pe- therapists are people too. So like you got to right. go for whoever like fits your vibe best. And it might take a minute, you know, you might go for one yeah. or two sessions and it might not feel it. I don't know. You know, it, it's dependent upon which, which I feel like a lot of people who like don't av- advocate for themselves, they'll stick with it. And they're like, oh, it, like it'll get better. It'll get better. And then they just give up on therapy all alone. And they're like, yeah, that's a 
load of crap. Like it doesn't work. And I remember <laughs> thinking that, like, I remember going mm. and being like, who the hell is this lady? I was like, who mm-hmm. is she to like, look at me this way? Like mm-hmm. I hated her. I was like this old grandma and, mm-hmm. and that, just, that vibe just didn't go with me. And mm-hmm. so I thought that's just like, that was all therapists. Like my, my vision of like a therapist was like that. And then when I got into learning about it all, it was like, there's EMDR, there's all of these different ways to go of therapy. And I think people don't realize how many routes you can take with therapy. It's not just like you're sitting there talking with someone, mm-hmm. you know, like the movies show or whatever, yeah. laying on a bed. I never once laid on a bed. Yes. That's, that's a little older stuff, but um, that's really funny that you brought that up because especially whenever I worked in the hospital, the amount of times that I had people come in and were like ticked off that they were assigned yeah. to see me and mm-hmm. ever then, then it was kind of notorious like people, we would just sort of say, okay, give it one session. Cause I think there was maybe like one time, one person decided not to work for me, but I had a handful of times that people was like, you're young. What could you know? I actually work really, really well. And almost like I'm kind of coined for working really great with older ladies. Like they initially would. And so then even in my private practice, I had some come to me and they're kind of like, I wasn't sure, but they were like really surprised. So I would say, yeah, maybe stick it out. Like you never know something until you try it. But I mean, I'm not saying go for 20 sessions. And then if it's like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is terrible. All <laughs> therapy is terrible. But you'd be surprised. Like I had so many people who like thought that they were going to hate me and yeah. they enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I know this is a little off topic of what we're talking about, but I think also sometimes it's discouraging when you do go finally, you know, make the leap to go talk to someone because it's such mm-hmm. a hard process, even just making that first call yes. to say, I need help. And then you tell your story and you don't click. So it's like, oh my yeah. gosh, I have to tell my story all again. over again to yeah. someone new. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I will say just, I, I always advocate for therapy on the podcast and everything, but you really just just stick it out because there is someone that you can connect with. Like you will find yes. a therapist. I've been to like seven different therapists in my life. Mm-hmm. And finally, I've found one that I love now. But also I was so different in my different times that I went to see them. So I wonder, you know, how I would be now if I saw a couple of them in the past that mm-hmm. I probably would have loved me now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just just keep going with it, you guys, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't. But um so, okay. I didn't know if there was more you wanted to add, I guess, about the process or anything. Yeah. Let um, me actually get into that because, for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, because I do want to allow some time for questions that we received. Yeah. Um, so maybe just a couple more minutes of like the process if you want, and then we'll get into some questions. Oh yeah. Okay. So I can yeah make that part real simple. So basically you're going to come in, we're going to talk about what brings you in. Hey, you know, I'm upset about XYZ, I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling anxious. Okay. How does that show up in your life? Well, I'm anxious when I drive in cars or I'm anxious when I get ready to go to work or, you know, whatever it is. Okay. And so then, you know, we're going to go through and like I said, we're going to assess you for dissociation. Um, We're going to continue talking, figuring out, just kind of getting to know you more, right? So we're not going to start doing the bilateral stimulation on day one, the eye movements. We're not going to immediately just jump in and start doing that, right? We're going to take a few sessions because we're, again, it, it's per person. So some people have definitely jumped in faster with other people. Yeah, you might wait a little bit. Um, and so then, okay, we're going to take a, a history. We're going to do figure out, okay, where is 
the origin of this. So kind of what EMDR does is we're working with the root and we're extracting that root out. So we're finding the source of all this disturbance because rarely is it just what presents in the present. It's okay. Oh my gosh, that time when I was three and I was shamed from this, but then I have a whole other host of things that stack up a, you know, like basically raise the intensity. So it's like, well, yeah, now you're served with all the reasons why you feel like I can't trust myself or whatever else it is. So we go back, figure out which is, you know, the first or the worst. And we begin reprocessing that. So then, well, we also do a safe, calm place. So that's kind of like a nice little, if you've ever done meditations or anything, and they kind of have you, you know, have a safe space, it's kind of what it is. So basically, we're working on um, affect regulation, and we want to know, can you change states, right? So we'll have you think of something mildly distressing, then we'll have you go to your safe space, notice your arousal, did it work, right? Can you change your state? Can you handle, because the whole thing at EMDR is keeping one foot in the present, while revisiting the past. Because if we're just jumping straight to the past, everything's lit up in your face. And so then we start, you know, the bilateral stimulation. So we've identified your negative cognition and we're identifying, okay, when you look at this memory instead, what would you prefer to believe about yourself? I am worthy. I am, you know, whatever it is. So we go through processing, you know, you're looking at, if you're in person, you're, it could be a light bar that you're looking at. You could have headphones that are beeping. You could have tactile stimulation um, or the little buzzies and they vibrate. Um, On Zoom, when I do any kind of bilateral stimulation, I have an app that I use uh, where I have clients pull it up and it's a little dot that goes back and forth and it can also beep. Um, And then we'll go through and we can also do future template work to at the end to kind of figure out, okay, now that we worked, because it's a three-pronged protocol three prong protocol. So we have past, present, future. So we're identifying, okay, when you came in present, that's what this looks like in the present past. What's the first or the worst future. Okay. Now we want to target future scenarios. So to help kind of dissipate any anxiety that you could have there, can you see yourself, you know, without this, um, you know, functioning differently at work, whatever. And ta-da, there we go. That's one. That would be one like target, uh, and so you might have more. That's awesome. Well, and Taylor was asking the question before we started about how you do it online, how you do it through Zoom. Mm-hmm. So there's an app. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so be- crazy. Yeah. Before I moved to Texas, I that I knew I wanted to work virtually, and so I could travel and you know be wherever I wanted. And virtual therapy was definitely kind of like, oh, you want to do virtual? Oh, it's not as, you know, like, and even I had kind of thought that as well. Um, but I mean, there was still a part of me that had that itch. Well, before COVID hit, I was like, okay, your licensure, your hours are about ready to be fulfilled. You want to start doing this better find something. And so I had emailed like some trainers and stuff I knew and nobody knew of anything. And she's like, both, she's like, COVID is making its way this way. So something might come up. Sure enough, COVID brought this lovely EMDR software that I use. Yeah, but previously didn't exist prior to I was going to say, yeah, I bet you a lot of that mm-hmm. came to fruition because of COVID. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that actually really painted a good picture in my mind. I don't know, Taylor. Did it help you? Like, it's, like what it actually, what the process looks like? Yeah, I guess my... My only question would be um, with like hypnotherapy, you know how like you have to like almost like accept it to do it. Do you, can anyone, 
Do you have to be in the mindset for EMDR or? Um, Yes and no. So there's kind of a caveat there. So basically with any kind of therapy, we always assess for secondary gains, right? What is there something that's keeping you stuck in this? So for example, some people, um, right? So if we're finding that your level of disturbance, so we we rate it on a scale of zero to 10. Okay. As you look at this, how disturbing is this image? Is this memory to you now? If we're finding it that at the end of it, it's just not going down as low as we need it to, right? We're looking for it to go all the way down. How come it's still stuck at a four? How come it's still stuck at three? Gosh, what's going on? Then we, so we ask them, okay, what, you know, what keeps you from, you know, this being a zero, what we have to go through and assess, well, okay, maybe there's part of it, right? If it's combat trauma, that if I heal this, that I will forget them or that their death will be, you know, um, without justice or without meaning. Right. So if I just like, forget this, if I, do, if I don't keep this trauma in my brain, I will be doing right. them a disservice, right. I will not be remembering them or it, the, even there's a lot of different things. So yes, they're kind of to a certain extent, we can always like work around, but I mean, with most things, if somebody comes in and they're just like r- really not wanting to come to therapy, they don't want to be there. Maybe they're forced to be there. Right. That's always hard. I mean, sure, with your brain, like you can still do great work. Um, but then sometimes there might be the thing where people will like flop out, you know, they'll just bail on treatment if they don't want to do it. But so right. do you have to be in a mindset? I mean, ultimately, yes, but we can also work with it. So we can awesome. get you there. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is amazing. So do, are you, can we get into a couple of questions? Yes. Is that please. okay that we got from our, um, healers on Instagram? Um, so one that I also am curious about, someone asked, is there a limit to the amount of times that you can practice or do the EMDR in a week? Mm-hmm. So typically the most I've ever done is twice. Um, because you want time for things, the dust to kind of settle for, you know, before you're like jumping back in. Um, but I, maybe if you did uh, like performance enhancement or a different protocol that wasn't distressed, it was more like future oriented, maybe, but I don't know who's going to be going to therapy three times a week for, I mean, maybe unless you're in like residential, but um, yeah, typically you're going to want days between it. Mm-hmm. And along with that question, someone also asked, is it common to have physical symptoms days after like an intense EMDR session? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Um, so much of how our body stores trauma physically, physical symptoms can also be alleviated from EMDR because you find you're holding tension so strongly in your body and then we process it and physical symptoms start to become alleviated. But yes, physical symptoms can arise, um, especially if it was maybe, so maybe you moved something out of the way but then that brought something else up. So maybe there was a layer on top that was, you know, a layer meaning like a memory or something. And so then once you kind of cleared that, then it's like, oh, here was this larger thing that causes me so much physical symptoms. Or like once I'm in contact with my body, I'm now aware of kind of what's going on, right? I got in touch with that. Oh my gosh, I am really angry at my mom or I am really this. Then it kind of like, physically your body then starts showing some signs. So yeah, it can. That makes sense. And I mean, we talk so much on here and my Instagram about the mind body connection and how 
Huge. I mean, you can't, you can't have, I just feel like there's, I don't know if I've ever treated or even met anyone that does not have a physical response to some type of fear or anxiety or trauma. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Even um, in my sessions that I've done with men, you know, especially cause like, Oh, nope, nothing. And they get used to it. Cause I'm like, okay, what do you notice now? Nothing. I'm fine. Right. They might initially start with that, but then eventually a little tingle in my stomach, a little bit, like they begin to identify um, the physical sensations that are going on. So even if people are like, Oh no, I don't have that. It's like, okay, you might, might not right now as you're looking at that, but I bet if we kind of look around a little bit, we'll find something because that's, that's what we do. So not only are we working with your thoughts, you know, the negative cognition, but we're working with the physical symptoms and the emotions. And then that's what we're floating back to define. That's how we're finding these earlier nuggets, if you will, because it's all how our body physically stores trauma. Well, that, um, okay. And someone else asked, can I do, can I see both an EMDR therapist and another therapist at the same time? Yes. Another type of therapist. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. As long as, I mean, as long as there's no concerns, but then your therapists have to be in communication, right? Because your therapists are obligated that they, you know, we have to communicate with another clinician. So um, you have to just be honest with both of your therapists. And as long as there's no um, issues, I've had that happen plenty of times. People have c come to me for EMDR or other work while they're seeing someone else and I'm just in communication with their. Well, and I, I've actually had some clients that I've recommended EMDR to that I continue to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it can actually be pretty beneficial when you are agree communicating with each other and stuff. I agree because, well, especially if you already have another therapist that you you've developed that that safe ground with, right? Like that is your because essentially when we look at right therapy, what is it? Okay, we're from attachment theory that perspective. We're developing that secure attachment to another human. So if we've developed our secure figure or well-boundaried object, this person, right? Mm -hmm. That means we can, can we leave the nest and come back, right? Hey, are you still there? Oh, so good. Okay. I can keep adventuring. I can keep exploring. Mm -hmm. So with EMDR and bilateral simulation and all this work can be super intense. And also we still need time to process other things. So if you have somebody that you can go back and process, you know, daily life things, or even process that, like so much better. Great. Cause then even some of my clients I have seen twice a week, one, just so that we can do EMDR and one so that we can just like decompress too. So. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Taylor, do you have any other questions or any, before we kind of like wrap up, I feel like those were, those were, those three questions were basically came up a bunch. So I, I think those were important. Yeah, no, I, I think that was all like very information informational. I always get that word messed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, you said a lot of details that I didn't know and I, it definitely opened my eyes to it. I think a lot of people look at sometimes different therapies. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this before of like a hoax or like, Oh yeah. Woo sure. woo. And like, but, but that's our, why we do this podcast is because we get people on here. I mean, we had someone come on here about hypnotherapy and just like all the different things. Mm -hmm. And I think it, every time I have or every time we have a uh, someone with a specialty on here, it opens my eyes to like, it's not just woo woo and it can really work and be really helpful for people. Yes. Well, I feel like I also now want to like throw in this little plug. Like you might want to do a whole nother episode on this, but um, so I recently <laughs> just got trained in something called accelerated resolution therapy, 
which is very similar. It, okay, they wouldn't like that if they heard me talking about it, but I wanted to get some good traction because I am using it and I absolutely love it. So everyone, I'll drop this nugget so you can go look it up. But so basically it uses bilateral stimulation, but one of the key components of it is what they call voluntary image replacement. So we're specifically working with the images and it, it actually works even faster than EMDR, like in an even more condensed amount of time, keeps people in the window of tolerance even better because it's not like it's, it's more clinician and client directed. So meaning we're not letting your brain just like necessarily free flow into like the story of it, but do Google look into all of that because that's even like more uh, like working even faster than EMDR is out. Wow. What's that called again? Accelerated resolution therapy or art. Accelerated resolution mm-hmm. therapy. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely going to as a therapist myself. Yeah. Right? Look it's into amazing. it. Mm-hmm. It's super great. So, and the training on that was much different than the training for EMDR. It was a lot, much more user-friendly, the protocol. Um, I like both. I'll, I'll continue using both because I think, well, I kind of always apply things in my own way anyways, but um which shame on me. Don't do that. You're not supposed to do no. that. But it's what I do. <laughs> so I'll continue to kind of take with it. But because I think each have their benefits for sure. But I wanted to throw that plug in because EMDR has gotten a lot of traction now. Because I mean, it yeah. still isn't yeah. extremely well known. But like, this has been around since like the late 80s, right. early 90s. Like, this is no new gig. But I mean, I get it. It does sound crazy, right? It's like, okay, move your eyes quickly <laughs> back and forth. And, you know, yeah, it is. I get that it's kind of like odd, woo-woo-y, whatever, but it works. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy because even, even again, I feel like I'm pretty educated in most therapeutic things. I'm not an EMDR expert at all, but I learned so much. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even realize the connection between REM sleep, like the rapid eye movement mm-hmm. is REM sleep. Yeah. And this, I mean, that's crazy. I'm that's... fascinated by it too. I know. And that's why I'm obviously so passionate about this. And one of the, the next things that I'm doing is offering trainings to either other like healthcare professionals or even people in the coaching space just to kind of talk about, okay, let's have a trauma-informed approach of like how trauma physically impacts the body, right? Okay, understanding the sleep piece, understanding the disassociation, right? So, hey, we're diagnosing people with a bunch of potentially bipolar, but hey, turns out we didn't assess to see if they actually had childhood trauma oh, look, they don't have many memories. Oh, they dissociate. Maybe they're not, you know, people aren't getting adequate care. So I'm like very passionate now about that's going to be my my next thing is is offering trainings for other professionals because I'm like, well, that's a great segue because I was going to ask if you wanted to plug anything before we before we close out, like tell us what you're doing and oh my gosh, all the cool stuff you have and where people can find you. Yes. So my brain runs a million miles a minute as well. Sometimes I get the, the lags too. Where I'm like, and what try up other times I'm like, Ooh, I just, it takes one little thing. And then I'm like, tuh, 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 tuh. It's, yeah. it's an avalanche of ideas. Um, but yes, so you can find me on my website, taylorclump.com or I'm on, we can connect on Instagram, Taylor clump. That's K L U M P. My first name, Taylor T A Y L O R underscore. And so I do offer virtual sessions for mental wellness consulting. I do use bilateral stimulation. Again, I pull from different things, but it's not EMDR. Uh, It's not accelerated resolution therapy. It's not psychotherapy, specifically mental wellness consulting. So that's 
what I do there. I do have a few sessions, few spots open still there. And then the training, yeah, I'm going to start jumping on trainings. So that's amazing. And we'll um, put your like Instagram handle in the show notes and stuff like that. So if people want to find you, we'll put your information there. Um, but this was amazing. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I obviously just <laughs> am so passionate about it and get off to no, the races. No, I it. mean, <laughs> I appreciate it so much. And I mean, you're so, you explain it in a way that I think was easy for people to understand because it's not a simple concept. It's a hard concept to understand. Mm -hmm. And I always love to talk in a way that kind of everybody can understand what, what is happening, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I'll make it so scientific, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of like science around it. You have to know about. Um, but I would even love to do like an Instagram live or something at some point with you and Heck yeah. And I would love that. Yeah, yeah. You're amazing. And I really hope that a lot of people find you and find your page because like I said before, there's not a lot of people that have good information about this out there right now. And so I'm so thankful. Mm-hmm. Two tailors yes. that I oh that I gosh, love that now. So sweet, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, that definitely um, added so much to my cup and nourished my heart. So thank you so much for your kind words. I'm very passionate about this and excited to get the word out and help more people because isn't that what this is all about? Good. Yeah. Yes, for sure. That's amazing. Well, um, we're going to close out. Taylor, do you have any last – Taylor M., do you have any last, <laughs> word, any last words you'd like to say? No, I think that was that was a good episode. I think people are going to love it. A yeah. good lead way off of last week. Yeah, exactly. If you guys haven't listened to last week about depersonalization, derealization, and disassociation, yeah. do that. Um, okay, well, we will see you guys next week, and we'll be back with my healing. My healing tip of this week, actually, is to go follow Taylor Klump. Okay? <laughs> That's my healing tip. Go follow her on Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um but we'll be back next week with uh exciting new topic to heal love you guys talk to you soon hi healers thanks so much for listening to this episode of the anxiety chicks with taylor and i as always you can find us on instagram you can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer, and Taylor as Health underscore Anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.